live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of movies, TV, comics, and more. You are tuned in to the entertainment edition of the ODPH, and we definitely want to interact with you. So make sure to swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. Check out Parlay Point's new comics blogs just dropped today as we're recording. The T Public Store, where there's always a sale going on, it feels like. And you definitely want to get that ODPH swag in for the holidays. Uh, man, there's so much going on at odphpodcast.com. You just need to go there and check it out. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPHpod on social media. So that being said, let's kick off the entertainment edition with, dare I say, the biggest moment of the week happened within 24 hours. I would say so, yeah. Because there was so much hype around this event that everybody was going, what is going on? How is this going to play out? I don't know. The I fact don't... that they had a special event for it you know, at a movie theater in Los Angeles just spoke volumes. Absolutely, because the hype going into the latest Spider-Man movie titled Spider-Man No Way Home has now reached a very high fever pitch. I would argue it's higher than Endgame. Like, as, and, and that's mm. a little you know shocking and surprising for me to say. Obviously, Endgame was very highly anticipated because of how is everybody going to come back? How are we going to resolve the story? You know, we had to wait a calendar year, you know, or whatever it was to see the movie. To me, it feels like just that with everything online and the hashtags and the trending and the reactions and the likes and the views, it just to me feels like that the hype and anticipation for this, and that could be due in part to the rumors that are flying around and, and the hearsay, you know, it feels like the hype and anticipation for this is higher than Endgame. I'm going to say it's close. I, I think Endgame is higher because there is more players involved. Sure. But I do feel that this is approaching close to that level because of, one, we know the success of WandaVision, mm -hmm. the Disney Plus show that really took over the beginning of this year. Yep. We do know that there's a lot of tie-ins from the leaks that have been coming about the casting, like you touched upon, involving the Spider-Man universes, mm -hmm. plural, because we're talking Tobey Maguire, we're talking Andrew Garfield, and we're talking Tom Holland. All of that mixed in, and plus, with how Marvel has been progressing forward this year with their projects, more, more importantly, the Disney Plus shows mm -hmm. have really set the tempo for where the movies need to go, which mm -hmm. I'll be honest, now looking back at a full calendar year of it almost, Marvel has really played this smart because they've given enough interest throughout those Disney Plus shows then now when you have those movies that are connected, and yeah. we do know this is connected to WandaVision, yep. this has now raised the bar a little higher for fans' in, you know, anticipation. Well, and we know, you know from WandaVision and Loki and you know a bunch of other stuff that we always thought we were seeing the moment then 
that oh you know because we know the multiverse is here we know we knew it was coming you know we thought the multiverse was going to break open in wandavision when the actor who played uh quicksilver in the fox x-men film showed up in wandavision mm-hmm. we then we thought it again you know with everything going on with loki you know there's just been time after time after time that we sit there going oh this is the moment that the multiverse is going to break open that this is where things are going to get cracked open you know like an egg and and it's always been like Ben, don't break. Ben, don't break. This might be the moment it actually breaks in this film, where because just when we'll get to it once we break down the trailer, there's a moment in this where it just feels like Doctor Strange is like I'm in over my head. Right. There is that very awkward moment as we're gonna go deep diving in on this trailer. But you're absolutely right. I think that now everything is just finally boiled up to a point where it's going to explode, mm-hmm. and the fans are waiting for this moment because. With new Marvel content, and obviously everybody is waiting to see what the direction is going to be in after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been waiting for this, yeah. the real one. Because obviously we knew Black Widow was going to be a prequel. Of sorts. Of sorts. So so we you have to take that one out of there. Yeah. We have been very excited with what we've seen from Shang-Chi. Yeah. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The bonus scene definitely got everybody fired up about that. Mm-hmm. Eternals. To be determined of how that all ties in with everything. Yeah, that's a down the road uh, tie in. We would imagine from the bonus scenes. Yep. But now we're finally at the point where we're seeing the familiar face, the franchise of Marvel, if you really want to break it down. Yeah. Make the big screen return with a lot of hype going on, which I mean, obviously, this has been tying in from Far From Home and that end scene where we saw J. Jonah Jameson return. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. Yes. So that has been literally the point A of this new phase. Now we're finally here to see where we're going to go with the ball. We definitely know the players are back in place for this. Tom Holland is back as Peter Parker. Zendaya is back as Mary Jane. We have Benedict Cumberbatch reprising his role as Doctor Strange. Everything else, though, is kind of up in the air, but that's why this trailer had so much hype. When the first one came out, definitely gave a lot of teases. Sure. This one, though, definitely gave a lot away, but didn't. Yeah, it, g- it gave you enough to just whet your appetite without full-blown telling you the movie. And dare I say, kudos to Sony, because I was worried that, like a lot of people we talked to online, that they were going to reveal everything. See, I was afraid of that, too. But then the also the other thing I heard was that there were like five different versions of this trailer, and obviously most of them false, just to prevent leaks. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, no, kudos to Sony on this one. Yes, absolutely. They played it very smart because with the film coming out December 17th in theaters, they don't want to give away too much this close, but they did talk enough that we definitely have to recap the trailer. So if you haven't seen the trailer, the new one, shall I say, for Spider-Man No Way Home, we're giving you fair warning. We're going to start deep diving into it after the countdown is done, so you've been fair warned because once we get started, we don't stop. That being said, in three, two, one, pad. What did you think? This is a really great trailer. I was very nervous and skeptical that, you know, because let's face it, whatever you have to say about the trailer, good, bad, or otherwise, Sony is in control of the marketing of this film. It's not Marvel. Marvel's name is attached to it, but Sony's in control of the marketing and the trailers and everything else. You know, I was a little nervous, like we said, that they'd give away everything, that they'd show a bunch of the big moments and, you know, just like, hey, let's confirm your fan theories and have some fun, you know, and just really get you hyped up for this. And and if you pay attention enough, you can definitely see some moments in there that really it's hard to ignore, you know, the, the rumors and such that, you know, it appears to they without saying it, they, you know, 
uh, appear to be true. Uh, also, I will say, Sony, whoever you hired to cut this trailer together needs to do some better work because they slipped up in a few places. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about that. There, There is definitely noticeable areas in this trailer where you can definitely tell where people were edited out. Uh-huh. And trying to cover up. But I will say this, though. I'm not as mad about it. No. Because Sony did the right thing here. And I have to fully, fully put this out to them. They didn't give everything away. <coughs> we do know of rumors mm-hmm. of Tobey Maguire reprising his role. Andrew Garfield reprising his role. Mm-hmm. We have heard a lot of speculation about Charlie Cox reprising his role as Daredevil in this film. Maybe I mean, Matt Murdock. Yeah, I mean, there's even been rumors as to both Gwen Stacy from the Amazing Spider-Man films and then Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane from the Sam Raimi films showing up. Well, we there's been rumors of it. There's been so many rumors because you're hearing a lot of the former cast members of those previous films, the Raimi-verse and then the Andrew Garfield-verse, all coming back for this. Mm-hmm. And some have been confirmed. Alfred Molina put it out there right then and there. Before a trailer even dropped. Yeah, that he's like, yeah, I'm back in the film. Like, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that, Like to paraphrase a little bit. But since that point, everybody's been really trying to see where this direction is going to go. And with all the rumors breaking, especially... This past uh, Sunday night when everybody was talking Daredevil, mm-hmm. everybody was saying that Charlie uh-huh. Cox was there and there's uh, that was widespread rumor that was not in this trailer, which I'm super happy about. Wouldn't surprise me if he is in this film, though. If he's in this film, I'm going to be... All the, it makes sense just from the story standpoint. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'll be happy if he's in the film. Don't get me wrong. Char- Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio need to come back to the MCU. Sure. And the story about that, that like I will mark out when they do. Sure. I'm glad it wasn't in this trailer because that was the one thing I was fearing. It's like they're going to go show something and definitely throw everything off. They didn't do it because when we jump into this trailer, we see Tom Holland as Peter Parker in the rain. And definitely it feels like the world is falling down around him. So it looks like he's been in some fights. It looks like he's got some scars on his uh, his right or left uh, cheek. Yes. So obviously he's been through a battle, which we're expecting. Then the next shot is to the end of Far From Home, where he's swinging around with Mary Jane and sees that he is public enemy number one due to J. Jonah Jameson blaming him for the quote-unquote death of Mysterio that happened in Far From Home. Mm -hmm. We then get to another shot where he's on the bridge and there is news copters flying all around him. It looks like there's one, two, three that I can see, probably more that we can't see. Mm -hmm. And he's talking on another shot with MJ away, and he's saying, you know, the only normal time I had was when I was talking with you and he is now realizing that his happiness is gone as yeah. he has to make a, a, a daring escape with her as they fall from the bridge and swing through the subways. Yeah, that's a hell of a jump there. Yeah, it definitely is. And, I mean, it just plays into the Spider-Man mythos because that's, that's something he does in a normal. Yeah. Then we get to see him go back to see Doctor Strange. We have seen this footage before where he's gone to meet up with him and make the very, quote-unquote, Faustian deal, yeah. shall we say, about you know wiping away everybody's memory of him to obviously save his family, save his friends. And this is kind of applying into a comic story I absolutely loathe. I hate Omit. It drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, we're going to do it for the movie. I'm going to sit through and watch. So as we see the reenactments and Doctor Strange is trying to do the spell and, and talk him out of doing it, everything does not work out the way it's planned. Well, we're seeing it reenacted, but also you've got the over uh, the voiceover of Dr. Strange saying, Hey, remember when we tried that spell to undo everyone knowing who Spider-Man was? Yeah, it didn't. And, and the funny thing is, is he blames Peter for it not working when my guy, Peter's not the one casting it. You are. 
uh, you know, he goes, oh, when that spell failed to cast, you know, we started getting some visitors from every universe. Yes. And then we do see a goblin bomb yep. that is obviously William Defoe's Spider or Green Goblin from the first yep. Spider-Man film. We do see a shot of, dare I say, is that Venom Spider-Man in the black suit as he's getting thrown across the field? No, there? that's that's armor. That's not a Venom suit. That's it's armor. But then uh, it's they've already. Uh, I think it's a f- upcoming Funko Pop release. If mm. it's not out already, it's a black suit. But that it's a black metal suit. But then the webbing, you know, design that's f- so familiar with the suit is like in gold or something like that. I, f- I forget what the name of it is. I, I'll have to look it up. But no, that's not a Venom suit. It's it's just like a me- another metal suit. Because at first take, I thought it might. Be, oh yeah, and I was like, I, yeah. okay, this would make sense because I know they have. Uh, an iron spider suit in the comics not the one that we've seen in endgame but it's a silver one mm-hmm. which it, it's it's weird and this just looked like this was a black costume instead of the silver version same kind of ide- identity there only thing i could think is maybe it's an upgraded version of like the stealth suit we saw from the last movie where like the, mm-hmm. la- the last movie the stealth suit was like batman year one type of stuff where it, yeah. was, it was real low tack and low-key maybe now that you know peter's built his own suit and he knows how to do it you know maybe this is his upgraded version of the stealth suit it could be i mean that's something we're gonna have to look at because i mean my first instinct was this is spider-man 3 <laughs> okay so i looked it up courtesy of the funko app there is and i'm gonna show ken uh that yeah this is spider-man no way home they call it the spider-man black and gold suit so okay you, so yeah it's just, yeah it's just black with gold with gold in, in the webbing i'm all right with that though yeah that works for me but as we progress on, we do see some more uh, shots of Dr. Octavius finally making his appearance. So we do see Alfred Molina coming through and going, hello, Peter. But hello, he, Peter. But at the same time, he's going, you're not my Peter. Yeah, because uh, what is it? Tom, uh, Peter deactivates his helmet and pops up like, hey, I don't know why you're attacking me. I don't know you. Yeah, so obviously we do know that there is a little time difference. It's not like everybody merged at once and obviously recognizes everybody. Yeah. And we do see some great action sequences going on here, too, where... This kind of friendship enemy type deal with Dr. Octopus mm-hmm. and Peter is going to come into play. Because obviously yeah. we have seen him at moments in the comics in very small doses. Sure. Where they have that kind of weird, like, I don't want to say frenemies because yeah. obviously Octavius has gone after him a lot of times. Oh, yeah. But we have seen them kind of put that aside a little the bit. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, at, at various stages. So that's yeah. what we're kind of feeling here because I think he realizes something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So as he's trying to talk to Peter, obviously the rest of Peter's friends are now involved, and they're yep. basically saying, your name is what? Yeah, somebody goes, uh, what is it? Peter says, I'm sorry, what was your name again? And he goes, Dr. Otto Octavius, and they just laugh. Yeah. You know, and he goes, wait. Uh, Peter says, wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? And I know people are riffing on that, like, oh, why would they Marvel put that in that movie? Like, let's not forget, Spider-Man 2 uh, J.K. Simmons's Jameson literally goes, oh, who would have figured a guy with the name Otto Octavius has eight arms? Yeah. So it made perfect sense. It's a nice little throwback. And you're going to see a lot of those Easter eggs, too, yeah. throughout this movie, which I'm super excited to see what they wind up doing for that. But then as we progress forward, though, we do see another shot of Peter in the park. And it does look like he has Doctor Strange's, I don't want to say wristbands, but... It, his... He's got, like, the mystical army things going on uh, while Electro's behind him, presumably powering up. Yes, so this is kind of an interesting sequence that I think we're going to have to wait and see how this all plays out. And I know there's a theory online that that might not actually be Peter. That might be somebody else from another universe. It could be. I'm not doubting that that's going to happen because obviously I'm ex- fully expecting to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in there. So it might be one of those gentlemen 
in that scenario. I would, I would imagine if if it's Electro in the background, it's probably going to be Garfield. Yeah, that would that make that would sense. that would make it would make sense for Tobey Maguire to show up facing Electro. It'll show up for the first time fighting Electro when he has no idea who the hell Electro is. Right. Then we get a quick shot of the gang in Doctor Strange's house, and Strange is telling everybody to Scooby do this crap. And yeah. Zendaya hits back with the line. Uh, where I come from, we say please. Yeah, she's like, I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word uh, please. Yes. To which Doctor Strange says, please, Scooby-Doo this crap. Yeah, which I love that. I just love the, the sassiness of that scene. Because uh-huh. like, like I say, when she just goes in there, she's like, yeah, teaching him some manners, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see more of that in the film. And that's something that I think is definitely throwing Doctor Strange off a bit. Yeah. Which... Does play into my theory, which I'll get into at the end of the trailer, because I'm sticking to my guns about that one. I'm more convinced of that. Mm. Details coming soon. But then we do see a quick shot of around the city and how the worlds are kind of colliding a little bit. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of you know battles and electricity going off. A little bit of sand. Yes, you're seeing J. Jonah Jameson just standing there smiling, which is kind of odd. But, yeah. But it is what it is. Jameson's a weird dude. Yes. Then you do see another fight sequence going on with Dr. Octavius and the Iron Spider Spider-Man suit where, yeah. he has the, where he has the legs out for it. So that's yeah. a cool sequence going and, on. And Octavius has a very interesting line in the trailer where he says, you're flying into the darkness to fight ghosts. Yes. And then it's also mentioned, too, you can hear how Dr. Strange is telling Peter how all these people die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Which it's, which it's interesting. That Does that mean... The villains, or does it mean his friends and family? Yeah, because methinks it's his friends and family. So Ned, MJ, Aunt May, even Happy. You know, it, I, I get the feeling it's them because I, I feel like he wouldn't because you know, we see him kind of fight Strange on that whole premise. Of like, no, we can't let this happen. Like, would he really be that upset with the the villains dying? Like, hey, okay, whatever. It's a really interesting perspective to look at it from, and how Strange is wording this is definitely odd, too. Uh-huh. And that's something we got to remember as we progress through the trailer. That when this is all hitting a young Peter Parker, who's trying his damnedest to reverse the spell, in fact, when he even tries stealing the box that has yeah. the magic powers in yeah. it for the spell, and Doctor Strange winds up going Avengers Endgame and knocking his uh, astral plane perspective out of Peter. Yeah, huh? I mean, that's kind of a it's a nice little throwback, obviously, to Endgame because we yeah. saw the Ancient One did that to the Hulk. And then where we're going from here, we do see there's a quick shot of of Doctor Octavius, you know, threatening to pull the mask off. Of yeah, Peter. we get another scene right before that where uh, there it's the train sequence where Peter says there has to be another way, to which Doctor Strange says there isn't. Yes. And then we get another shot of what appears to be Spider-Man 3 from the construction site and a brand new Electro. Yeah, well, brand new Electro uh, showing glimpses of the familiar costume, if, if you know from the comics and such. Not wearing it, but like the electricity just kind of like sh- showing it and kind of looking like it. Absolutely love this. Jamie Foxx is back as Electro 2. We do see a fight going off the building. Somebody's falling down. You do see Peter Parker jumping off the building, but now it looks like he's going through the multiverse. Yeah, maybe. Which is a little interesting. Yeah. I, I definitely don't mind the special effect for that. We do see a quick shot of a goblin, but we don't necessarily it, know. It, if... No, it, it, it's it's Norman. 
It is Norman. It's, okay. it's Norman. They're not adding a second goblin to this movie. Stop that right now. Because at first case, it looked like he, he had long hair. It, no, 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 no. It's it's Norman. I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't want to just have like so many in there. It's going crazy around. Because I was thinking maybe Phil Urich. It's the Sinister Seven. It's the Sinister Six, not the Sinister Seven. Yeah, but if they did Phil Urich, that'd be kind of a throwback. That's, that's a real deep dive for Green Goblin, just saying right there. Then we get another shot of the city collapsing. And then... We do get Happy getting pinned down. Obviously, the police are coming after him. We then get a nice sequence for Spider-Man 3 to throw it back, Pat? Kind of, sort of. I mean, we do see uh, on the... I'm guessing this is Statue of Liberty because I keep feeling like I see the Statue of Liberty. But we do get a shot of Lizard uh, from the Andrew Garfield films, Electro, and then we get the giant sand head of Sandman, and they're all standing there ready to fight. And it looks awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't say that looked like the coolest moment of the film. And then you start hearing the Peter Parker regret. He's like, this is all my fault, and he's trying to apologize to MJ. Okay, I can't save everyone. And then we get to the interesting part of the trailer. Uh, so he says to MJ, this is all my fault. I can't save everyone. And then he jumps off the scaffolding while he's flying through the air, uh, describing this for those of you who aren't watching it on your phone or on your computer or tablet, whatever. Uh, Electro is in the top third of the screen. Uh, what is it? Lizard is in the bottom third of the screen. And then the back third of the screen is the giant Sandman head. Mm-hmm. And he's flying in, in him towards, uh, towards him in slow motion. Now he's flying directly towards... Sandman, yes. Electro's above him. Lizard is below him. If you watch the trailer very closely, Lizard and it got cut out of the version that was shown in the U.S., but you can find it from it got didn't get cut out of the overseas version. Mm. A lizard's head gets knocked back. Ooh, and P- and Tom Holland is nowhere near Lizard. Hmm. Hmm. So it made it out of the U.S. version, but a version that you can easily find on Twitter in GIF and video form. Did not make it out of some international versions. That's very interesting. Just saying. Which, hmm, who could sneak in there and well, do something like that? I think like there's that? three folks in that scene. Ooh, Pat. I think we're going to have three. I think we're going to have that iconic moment. We're going to have. Well, we're going to have two iconic moments. We better have the point scene. Absolutely, that's one. I think the other iconic moment is we're going to have an Avengers Endgame-like moment where it's the three of them standing there ready to fight, probably all doing the Spider-Man pose, mm-hmm. and then them all jumping off of the scaffolding or whatever to fight the enemies. I'm okay with that. Because obviously they're bringing everybody back for this. Thomas Hayden Church is playing Sandman again. Yep. So we are seeing <laughs> those great throwbacks. And like yeah. I say, when if they're trying to cover this up for the trailer, I'm not mad about it. I want to stress that. They're trying, I, but they missed a few spaces. They definitely missed a few spaces, but you uh-huh. know, I'm not going to fault them because I was fully expecting something else bad to happen here, and it didn't. Yeah. So I'm good with that. If I can get the iconic shots and this really feels like a comic and I'm watching it, give it to me. I'm completely fine with that. And like I say, if this is the rough version, I'm not mad about because honestly, they didn't have to do that another trailer, but they did. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the trailer though, because I don't get I don't want to get too much on a tangent. And we see the Statue of Liberty as appears is breaking down. We do see MJ falling off. Uh huh. And this kind of has a very eerie feel to when Gwen Stacy fell off. And I want to and I want to point out everyone's noticing Gwen Stacy's falling, but there's another one, and Peter's going to have to make Tom's going to have to make a choice. Yes, because Ned is there trying to save her. He go reaches, you know. Uh, MJ Zendaya falls off. Ned reaches out to grab her, doesn't get her, and he's hanging off on a pole over the ground. So yeah. now all of a sudden, Peter's going to have to make a choice. Ned or MJ? Yeah, that's going to be a tough scene to watch. Mm-hmm. That's going to be real tough. So 
I'm not sure how that plays out, uh-huh. but I'm okay with watching and see how it all shapes. Because the end shot, obviously, we do see a quick glimpse of the Statue of Liberty that's kind of covered in energy. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that's exactly being. But then you do hear Doctor Strange say, you know, I can't stop them from coming. Yeah. And it does appear that he's on the the torch of the Statue of Liberty. Yep. Now, I'm going to say this. First and foremost, Pad, thoughts on the trailer now that we've re-seen it? Trailer looks amazing. Missed it, like I said, missed a couple spaces. Uh in showing off uh, all three Spider-Man because there is a scene earlier in the trailer, if you freeze frame it right, where uh, Spider-Man is going through the scaffolding. If you pause it at the right point, uh, it is not, it's supposed to look like Tom Holland. It's his suit, but that is because they CGI'd it over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I say that is because they missed the eyes. Ooh. That that is not the eyes for Tom Holland's suit. That is the eyes for somebody else. Interesting. Also, there's an arm in this trailer that they forgot to CGI out. Like, the rest of the body ain't there, but the arm is still there. Yeah, I did see that. I thought it was kind of a little awkward. A little weird. Uh, but no, otherwise, the trailer was great. Gives you know, It's good to see something other than the bridge sequence because that's all the promotion for this movie has been. You know, From the first trailer, it was a bunch of that bridge scene. And then every time I would hop on social media and see, oh, a new image has been released for Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And it's the bridge sequence. So it's nice to see something other than the bridge sequence in this movie. It absolutely is. They they teased enough without giving everything away, which I liked. Mm-hmm. But now I've got more theories. Sure. So I'm like I told you before, I'm sticking to my guns. Benedict Cumberbatch is not playing Doctor Strange. Nope. He's playing Mephisto. Uh-huh. You can't tell me otherwise after watching that trailer. Because if you know the story they're loosely basing this off of, Mephisto is very integral to that story. He is. But how he's prying at Peter and blaming him uh-huh. and using that self-doubt as a weapon. Yep. Granted, Doctor Strange is a jerk in the comics. Oh, yeah. I get that. But that way that he is acting towards Peter, he is just fueling that self-doubt to make that deal where he sells his uh, proverbial soul Yep. to cover everything up. And how he's drawing in everybody, I'm almost wondering if this is just an illusion to a certain degree. Hmm, maybe. That's that's kind of the vibe I have after I don't think watching it's this. A, do you mean a str- illusion like the villains aren't actually coming through? Well, I think they are coming through, but I think he's messing with them about who they actually are. Hmm. Like, I, I have that kind of weird vibe to it that you're going to see more characters that are not who they are supposed to be. Sure, I mean, we are going to have to get some explanations as to what the hell's going on, because if you remember Spider-Man 2, well... Uh, Doc Ock dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandman in Spider-Man 3 runs off. It was like, oh, I'm going to be a better person and fight for my kid. Uh, let's see. Lizard, I don't remember because, let's face it, I've seen the uh, uh, Andrew Garfield films probably only. I've seen the first one once or twice out of theaters, and I've not seen the second one out of theaters. That's a stone cold fact. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell you what happened to Electro. I Maybe he died. I can't remember. Uh, so I can't really speak to them. But in terms of, and then uh, obviously Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, uh, you know, uh, obviously he's kind of dead. So yeah. we're going to have to get some explanations. It's it's very interesting to see how they're going to do this. But obviously when the Fisto's powers, it's not out of the realm of thought. Yeah, it could drag him out of hell. To do some kind of weird thing because most of the people that he's bringing back are dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know, cryptic, but listen. It's a Hades deal. It is, and that's why I say when he starts messing around, if you've ever read the comic and you can get through it, good luck. Uh, it, like I say, it's arguably my second worst hated Spider-Man story. 
I hate the Clone Saga even more. And that's a whole other podcast that I need to get behind a Patreon wall about. I can't even get into it. But with this, I'm fully banking that they're going to do Mephisto. And he's going to be kind of messing around with that. Maybe it's even the events of WandaVision open the door mm-hmm. for the multiverse. And he's taken full advantage of it by reaching out and using his powers to connect. Well, you got to figure with folks syncing up at the moment from WandaVision and then also Loki, where mm-hmm. she beca- where Wanda becomes the Scarlet Witch and then... You know, the guy playing Kang goes, oh, we've, we've crossed the line. You know, that all that probably was the moment where Kang became aware of something going on. And then also Mephisto, if he is in this film, became aware of, ooh, I can work with this. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I'm fully convinced that that's who Benedict Cumberbatch is playing. I'm thinking so. Because if you even want to tie it back, too, well, Strange went to go find WandaVision at the, after they remastered the last episode of WandaVision. Yeah. So he went to go find Wanda. Well, if he went to go find Wanda, I don't think he's going to leave to deal with Peter. Well, also, you think of Strange in in no, Infinity War or no Endgame, where he's like, "Oh, there's you know however many uh, outcomes were from this battle." And is this and, and Tony asks him, "Is this the one where we win?" He wouldn't tell him. Mm-hmm. He's that thoughtful and that calculating and that knowledgeable about that kind of crap that he wouldn't tell him, "Hey, yeah, this is the one where we win." So all of a sudden, he's going to go from that to. Yeah, why don't we mess around with this? Exactly. That's why I say all that body evidence is just proving me that that's Mephisto. And if we don't see Mephisto now, the only time you're going to see him is in a Ghost Rider film. Which might be coming. Well, I... That or a series. But no, also you think about it, Doctor Strange, like being odd. You think back to Thor 3, Mm -hmm. where he hauled Chris Hemsworth's ass into his house to be like, all right... I'm aware of who you are. I know what I will just want to know why you're here. Yeah. You know, for no, like Thor, which is literally palling around New York, trying to find his father mm-hmm. and Dr. Strange hauled him into the, into his house and goes, what are you doing here? Exactly. That, this, ain't, this ain't the same guy. I know. That's why I say there's a big difference and this is how they're going to do it. And you know what? I'm not mad about this. This is creative. If, if this is the case, which all signs are pointing to, but especially how they got to tie in with the multiverse. That's why I say like, yeah. maybe he was working a bigger angle. And that's why I say the illusions, but then with the multiverse ripping open, maybe he got more than he bargained for himself. It could happen. Either way, they gave a lot with this trailer. Yeah, they did. Without giving away everything, which I like. Yeah. And I'm guaranteeing you that that image that we saw with Doctor Strange on top of the Statue of Liberty on the torch, mm-hmm. that's not going to be him at the end. No. That's going to be somebody else. Probably. But I'm, I'm all Would, right with Wouldn't that. be the first time they've CGI'd or changed people out of trailers. Case in point, Infinity War trailer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they gave, you know what, they did enough red herrings here. Yeah. The fans are excited. Yeah. I don't think too many people were mad about the trailer because nothing was really given away too much. The only thing I really saw people, like, riffing on the trailer was the whole making fun of Doc Ock's name. Yeah, but like, like you touched upon, they did that in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. So. That was, that was the only thing I saw people riffing on. The rest of it was people going nuts. I think people are just have fallen in love with Tom Holland's version that they yeah. completely forget about the other two. Yeah. Which don't forget about the Raimi version, except Spider-Man three. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can completely forget about the Andrew Garfield one. I'm sorry. I'm not on that. Uh, Jamie Foxx is great. in it. other than that, eh, I could do without. Him. Yeah, pretty much just putting it out there. But this gives me uh, and every other fan out there a whole month to speculate because tickets are going to be going on sale on Monday, I'm having fears that it's going to be like trying to get tickets for Force Awakens. Oh, absolutely! I'm like I'm fully banking on it being a real problem. It's going to be hard to get a ticket, so definitely make your plans now. I know we have our group ready to go. 
So we're all set to go when tickets go on sale Monday. And until then, we have got a month roughly to speculate. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want to hear everybody's opinions of what you thought of this trailer, what you're expecting from this movie. So you know what to do. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. Spider-Man, No Way Home, second trailer came out. Your thoughts and what are your theories? Because we definitely want to get them in before December 17th. So hit us up. Let us know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Chris from the Geek P Podcast here with my two co-hosts, Trent. What up? And Brandon. Yo, yo. Here at the Geek Peak, we strive to provide you the best content from all across the pop culture multiverse. Think of us as your content concierge, seeking out all the best movies, TV, games, and music to save your valuable time. We have a different adult beverage every week, and we like to keep things light and fresh, so come hang out with us. So check us out on all your favorite podcasting platforms. That's Geek Peak. Like a mountain! And check out our site at geekpeakpod.com. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, and we have to recap the events of Disney Plus Day. Yeah. Did they ever decide to drop the mic? Yo, did they ever. We had a feeling they might do it. Obviously, we gave a good preview of what we thought was going to go on, but they decided to throw some curveballs and then some. So we have to recap what we thought stood out from the big day, from the house of the mouse. So, Pad... Let's start that recap, shall we? Yeah, so I think the thing that stood out to most people, myself included, uh, was the little sizzle reel behind-the-scenes look we got at the upcoming uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, which is, of course, starring Ewan McGregor, reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, also, Hayden Christensen uh, returning as, and they noted it in the little sizzle reel, mm-hmm. Darth Vader. He's yeah. reprising his role as Darth Vader. Now, there might be some flashback scenes of him as Anakin, but they specifically said... Darth Vader. So, and uh, Ewan obviously, and they even showed some behind the scenes of like them training for choreographed fight scenes. And I'm sorry that looked the one shot looked like Hayden Christensen because it was wearing a Vader style mask. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So we very well could get a Vader versus Obi Wan Kenobi fight uh, in this series, which I'm all for. I think we're definitely getting that. This sizzle reel definitely showed enough that I, I feel very good about the show. Yeah, they didn't give away a lot, which I was I was hoping they didn't. Yeah. Because when we thought we were going to get a trailer, it was like, okay, let's get a real trailer. Yeah. But after kind of seeing what they did for the sizzle reel, I thought it was good. And like you touched upon, they did emphasize Vader. Uh-huh. They, they said Vader and Anakin once, I believe, in that. Yeah. But they, like, we couldn't do a story with Obi-Wan without referencing Anakin and Vader. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how this all shapes up with him. Yeah. We also got one of my f- personal favorites, the Under the Helmet, the yeah. legacy of the king. Boba Fett. Yeah, of course, we have the Book of Boba Fett coming out later this year. But, you know, a lot of people might not know his backstory. And by that, I don't mean, like, lore and in-universe story. I mean, just how the character was created. So it, it's it's a fun little documentary they put out about how the character was created and how he went from just, you know, being on. Because literally, take away the fandom and how much, you know, people love him. He was on screen for, like, three minutes in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. No lines other than he, I think he only has the one line of, uh, he has two lines. Put him in the cargo hold, which I think they added into the film with the special edition. So in the original film, that was, he wasn't even in there. But he's in the film for like five minutes. And the only line he had in the original film was, he's no, you know, what if he dies? He's no good to me, dead. Yeah. That's like the only line he has in the movie. And, and he just exploded into superstardom. Well, the thing about him that, in all seriousness, I, I will try keeping my fanboy a meter down here the one thing about boba is if you take a look at how he was so impactful with star wars mm-hmm. that vader sought him out yeah to do the job 
he sought others out too, but yeah. Well, let's face it. He got the biggest and baddest bounty hunters in the galaxy, and he got it with Boba. Boba was on there and was a strong silent type per se. Like he, like you touched on, he didn't have a lot of dialogue, but yet he got the job done. And at the time, that was such a complete crazy moment in Star Wars mythos mm-hmm. of capturing Han. Yeah. So to put that in perspective, who is this relative unknown and how is he doing this? And plus, he looked very different than what we saw from the stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. He has a very unique look to him. Yeah. And then when he got punked out in Return of the Jedi in one of the most egregious moments in cinematic history, the fans were mad about it because, look, this guy just completely took out one of the bigs of the Republic. Because let's mm-hmm. face it, Han has worked his way up yeah. to, to yeah. being one of the bigs. Yeah. And now he's getting absolutely destroyed in the pits of the Sarlacc. So how does this shape up? It doesn't really make sense. But people knew that, obviously, when Vader selected him, there was more to him and he couldn't just get killed off that way. Sure. And that's what sparks those urban legends. And, you know, everybody ran with the fandom. And just to see how he was supposed to be a throwaway character and turned out to be the baddest bounty hunter in all the galaxy, pff, hell yeah. It just is. This was a very cool behind the scenes. Definitely make sure you go check this out. Yeah. Uh, we got a look at the up cast of the upcoming Willow series. Uh, this video was featured with Warwick Davis. Uh, the series will release in 2022. It's uh, allegedly going to fe- feature as a, or excuse me, serve as a sequel to the original film uh, that came out in 1988. It was, of course, directed by Ron Howard, created by George Lucas. You know, so there's a fun little video of just him introducing the cast and cast, uh, the main cast that's going to be in that movie. So it's a little fun thing that, you know, hey, Willow's coming back in a sequel, uh, sequel movie series thing, which is cool. Willow is good for its time. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't seen it in decades. Sure. So I, I might have to do a rewatch at sure. some point just to see if it holds up. Sure. So like for right now, my expectations are very low just because it's it's an 80s film. Sure. And like you know like sometimes they just don't age well. And like yeah. why do why do we need to come back to the universe of Willow now? But I digress. Like yeah. you know, if the fans want to see it, and fans want to see it, and Warwick Davis is involved, so that that must give fans a little bit of hope. Oh yeah, it definitely. When he signed on for it, it was like, okay, this this makes sense. But it's just like, why do we need to go back? And I understand Hollywood, and you know, we like to rehash everything that's yeah. old is new again. But I was just like, it was fine as it was. If you're gonna do it, you should have done it then. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah, and then we got into the Marvel portion of stuff. Yes, we did. Wrap your butts in, folks. Uh, so if you go watch the video, the first, like, five, ten minutes of the video they put out is just basically recapping the stuff that's already out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to gloss over that. But we got to look at some stuff that they had already announced, uh, some stuff they didn't announce, and some first looks at stuff uh, they had announced, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, we did get our first look at Oscar Isaac and some of the stuff from uh, the upcoming series Moon Knight, which, give it to me. Yeah, it looks absolutely batshit crazy. I'm sold. Yeah. I, I'm, like... It's enough that I don't know necessarily if they're going to be borrowing from any certain storylines, but they really captured, from what I can tell, the essence of the character, and uh-huh. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, this looks like it's going to be badass. Yeah, we got our first look at uh, the upcoming series She-Hulk. We got to see a little glimpse of She-Hulk. We didn't get to see the full-blown look. Uh, we did get to see uh, Mark Ruffalo there as the Hulk, so looks like this is going to get real interesting, especially since the last time we saw Hulk in universe, he wasn't Hulk, and now he's Professor Hulk, so this is going to get real weird real crazy. Yeah, this definitely looked good for what it was, like you touched upon. They didn't show a lot. We didn't see the full version of She-Hulk. They hinted at it. They hinted. I mean, we do have a couple quick glimpses, yep. but we didn't get to see everything just yet, but... I do like what I saw. Yeah. 
I'm not sure how this is all going to play out because Jennifer Walters is kind of an interesting character in her own right. Yep. So let's see how this all plays. But from what I saw so far, I did like it. So I'm definitely more intrigued about it than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. uh, Then we got our first look at Ms. Marvel and, of course, Kamala Khan. Uh, This is going to be very interesting, and I'm I'm interested to see where they go with this. I'm excited about this one. I thought this one might have been the best one of the three that I saw. Like, I, I did like them all. But Miss Marvel stood out, and I'm really excited to see about what they're going to do on the small screen for this. Yeah. Uh, then we got some announcements for some new stuff, uh, first of which being Spider-Man Freshman Year. Uh, this is going to be an animated original series. This is going to be in the MCU, so this is canon, uh, following Peter Parker's early days as the web, sw- web swinger. Uh, so I would bank on this probably being Tom Holland related, if and probably Tom's going to voice the peter in this not confirmed but just banking on if it's peter if it's spider-man in his early days we didn't see his version of spider-man in his early days he was already kind of fully fleshed out and already had the powers and already doing his thing so this will be fun to see i'll be honest just don't do the ben parker thing again yeah i I don't know i mean i'm gonna like start it off like i'm spider-man like have him do like a retrospective like looking back on where he's come and how crazy things have gotten and this and that and be like oh you all know how you know we, we all know how it started and then just immediately jump into it like you all know how it started. Like, listen, we all know. I guess, like, where I look at it from, I think it's going to be interesting. Sure. But do I really need a year one at this stage in the game? I mean, to see what they did and see what differences they have. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I can see it. But, like, for me personally, I'm just like, I don't necessarily know if I needed this. Sure. I'm happy to see animated Spider-Man because they, sure. usually, they usually do a good version. Sure. But I guess I'm kind of sitting here going, like, do we really need your one? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I Like I say, I need to see a little bit more from this before I make a, a judgment call. But for right now, eh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch, but I'm not like, it's not high on my list. Let's put yeah. it that way. Uh, we got some stuff. Uh, one of the other new ones that got announced was Marvel Zombies. Uh, this is going to be also an animated uh, television show. Uh, so not sure if this is going to spin off from the What If episode or if it's going to be its own separate thing because, hey, there are quite a few Marvel Zombies issues and graphic novels that have come out over the years. Uh, so they definitely have enough material to work with, but this should be very interesting. I'm actually really intrigued by this. I I knew the episode went over mostly well with fans, sure, just from people we talked to. There's only a few that were really like, I, I can't stand this episode, but I thought it was one of their better ones. They I thought it was what great. If. So if they want to try taking a shot with it, sure. I mean, we watch enough zombie stuff here at the ODPH that one more is not going to end the world for us. No. So definitely I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Like, I just wonder how, you know, Disney Plus does not like doing the violence and gore. Yeah. So or how toned down is the zombies going to be? I don't think it's going to be toned down any less than what it was for the what if. Yeah, which which is fine. If they keep that kind of level, I'm I'm good with it. So we'll have to kind of see how it plays. Speaking of what if, uh, season two was announced as well. (laughs) All for that. Well, yeah, that was a no brainer. The success that what if did, I think, really resonated with a lot of people Mm -hmm. that for everybody that is not sure about what the show was going to be. It takes the variables of the MCU and really goes in a creative direction with it. Like some episodes you're really going to like and some you're not going to like. I I have the same feeling about the comic. And the comic's been around for a year. I believe there's a talk of a reboot of Marvel 2 as well about it. I've seen seen some still shots of it, so I I have been tied up with some other things. I can't really discuss what I've seen, but it's been on social media, so it's not like any insider thing here. 
But if they want to really run with it, what if is a good series? But it's good in doses. Mm-hmm. So I got to say, like, if they really want to space it out and bring it back, I think it, it would serve a lot better than trying to go back to back to back to back. Sure. Uh, also mentioned, again, the, uh, was the I Am Groot series, uh, which is reportedly going to follow. Uh, it's going to be a series of shorts that reportedly is going to follow Baby Groot growing up. Uh, listen, it's Vin Diesel. It's, it's Groot. Give me. Yeah. Um, Disney does real, listen, it seems odd and it seems out of place, but like Disney does a lot of fun and a lot of great work with their shorts and their various characters. So it's going to be fun. It should be fun. I mean, I just, I don't know what to think of this, but you know what? It makes sense for Disney. So if it's, I, if it's I, like, I get it. if it's like five, six episodes of him screwing with rocket raccoon, I'm all for it. Yeah. And according to the article from discussing film.net there. Yeah. If it's going to be a series of shorts, I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. Like, I just I can't really see it going like six thirty minute episodes. It's not like I just like how it's like, not going to be thirty minutes. Like it's, it's going to be five six minutes maybe. Yeah, like that's why I'm just reading. I'm going like mm, I don't know. Short like. thirty minutes is not short. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying like it's, as long it's as not, it's not that. No, like, it's, no, it's not. If you give me like three minutes, I'm good. Like I'm thinking of the forky ones they did for Toy Story. That's like four or five minutes at most. Yeah, I'm good with that. That's uh, fine. Yeah, that's all I need from Baby Group. Uh, then we got a confirmation because it was kind of announced but not officially confirmed that uh agatha harkness is going to be returning uh in a spinoff from wandavision in agatha house of harkness uh so that's going to be exciting gimme 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 yeah i'm interested to see how this played out but katherine hahn definitely crushed that role and she caused that show to happen i don't think if she played that role if anybody else did we'd have a spinoff show yeah i really don't i think that she did such an exceptional job with it then I'm curious of how this is all going to shape up. Like, could this be a spinoff to, like, Strange Academy, maybe? Mm, maybe. Like I'm saying, I'm I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. Like, I'm definitely signed up for this one. Oh, though. absolutely. Uh, we also got to see uh, the, the title logo for Ironheart, which got mentioned again. We also, got, we also got Echo, which was the first time the studio has mentioned that. Yeah, that. I'm going to tell people right now. We do know Echo is in Hawkeye. Sure. Like, I think that that's been more or less leaked out. Really make sure you're following this series because if you want to believe all the rumors, and we I stress rumors, Echo is tied to a lot of characters in the uh, MCU, primarily the Marvel Knights universe. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to see certain familiar friends making the jump over, I think that's where we're going to see them first. Mm-hmm. So... Definitely get caught up on Echo right now. Uh, if you're not too familiar in the comics, definitely go make some time to read uh, some issues she's been in. And then, uh, like I say, Hawkeye, well, I kind of have to see how it all plays out. Yeah. Just kind of putting that out there. Uh, and then lastly, but certainly not, well, not lastly, second to lastly, uh, we got the, this uh, title sequence or title look at uh, Secret Invasion, which is coming yes. up. Uh, we also got a look at a very gruff, very grizzled, very graying. Nick Fury, uh, a.k.a. Sam Jackson. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Uh, Then, lastly, but absolutely not leastly, the most exciting moment for me of the entire day that wasn't Obi-Wan Kenobi, X-Men, the animated series, is coming back. Yes. X-Men 97, uh, which is not really sure. Everyone's presuming it's going to be a continuation of the original animated series, which would make sense given the name. Uh, I'm all for this. This is one of the two shows that is currently on Disney Plus that I want to see revived, the other being Gargoyles. Hashtag bring uh, Gargoyles back. 
but no, I'm all for this. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do, especially since uh, the voice actor, I'll have to look it up, who voiced Scott Summers has passed away mm. tragically in the last couple of years. But still, to have this show come back, oh my God, yes, please. Now, this is going to be a direct sequel, correct? Presumably. Uh, they never said one way or the other, but just based on the fact it's called X-Men 97, and they used the Wolverine meme from the animated show to announce this damn thing, presumably it's it's going to be a, a sequel continuation of that series. I'm all right with that. Like, I mean, I'm definitely excited about this because this series is one of those cartoon shows that still resonates to this day. Sure. It's the only version of the Dark Phoenix saga that has actually pulled it off. Uh-huh. Granted, it took five episodes, but still, I don't care. If you go to watch this series, just skip the last season. The last season's not good. The last season is not good, So, but it's not the like... The rest of it's amazing. It's not Dexter bad, last season. Yes. I want, to point that, I want to stress that out when we say it's bad. It's not Dexter level, but it wasn't as high quality of when the show first came out because... When this show came out, this really captured fans. Like, this was right at the time Batman and the Animated Series came out. Uh-huh. You know, Fox was doing a lot of comic cartoons. I wish they would go back to that, too, because they yeah. brought some really good stuff. Yeah. But this is an area that the fans are clamoring for it. There's been a lot of X-Men stories since then, some good, some bad. Uh-huh. I hope they focus more on the good stuff, but you never know. Like I say, we're going to be watching a feature film that's doing one more day in Spider-Man universe. <sighs> I mean, I've heard some rumors regarding who might be writing the X-Men uh, script. So, you know. Um, is it somebody I like? Starts with a Jonathan, ends with a Hickman. Yo, if they decide to do House of X. I'm not the saying animated. they will or not. but like, Yo. I'm not talking animated. I'm talking the movie. I'm talking reportedly rumors are that Hickman might be writing the X-Men film. Now, I don't know if they're doing House of X or anything oh, like that. Oh, they do House of X. But they're uh, allegedly Hickman might be writing. That would be the ultimate reset for the X universe. It's, if they it's do House a rumor of X. I've heard. Man, I sign like, me up. I sign just, me up. I just want to stress it's a rumor. I'm not sitting here going, oh, exclu- ODP no, is exclusive. No, no, I get you. I get you. But still, you know, it's a rumor. I have not heard anything about that. So I am super geeked up about that. As I am for the show, though. Because, like I say, if they really wanted to carry on the torch from 97, yeah. they got most of the voices back. So, like, if you can pull this off, this is going to be an amazing show to watch. And if you haven't seen the original animated series, make some time to just yeah. catch up with it. Yeah. They do a really good job of the capturing. The song's an absolute banger. I'm telling you right now, when they go to do the X-Men movie, you're going to hear that for the MCU logo. Oh, they better. If they don't, there might be a riot. Just going to put that out there. Oh, I can only imagine what stories they're going to do, too. All right. Need to refocus. But Disney Plus really delivered on a lot of stuff, though, Pat. Yeah, no, even got some announcements from Pixar, uh, if you're into that. Uh, they did announce uh, the series Cars on the Road, which appears to be a continuation of the Cars story. Uh, you had the voice of Toe, Mater, himself, Larry the Cable Guy, announced the series, and it will be free. Uh, so he said it will be a cross-country road trip between McQueen and Mater. Uh, the show is set to debut next year on Disney Plus. Also, Owen Wilson will be returning to reprise his role as Lightning. Uh, they, you also got the uh, announcement of two feature-length behind-the-scenes documentaries uh, for the upcoming films Turning Red and Lightyear. Okay. So that's definitely something. And also, got to know, uh, if you have seen the uh, film Luca, which is on Disney+, Plus, uh, the, you have the spin-off short, short Chow Alberto, which is on Disney+, Plus as well. Okay. Drop that day. I've heard good things. I know my cousin. I've heard good things, too. My cousin and his kid have seen it. They said it's really good. 
Uh, we got some information on Win or Lose, which is Pixar's first long-form series. Uh, you had directors Michael Yates and Carrie Hobson. Uh, the show is going to follow a uh, middle school softball team, co-ed, uh, as they come up to a big championship game. So that should be interesting. Pixar doing a long-form, not exactly a movie. Will they be able to translate? I think so. Uh, and then uh, you had some stuff announced for Win or Lose, which is going to be, uh, you know, or excuse me, that's the middle school softball thing. Uh, and then we had some stuff from Walt Disney Animation. Uh, we got the announcement of Zootopia Plus, uh, which is going to be a, a short form series set in the universe of Zootopia, the very popular film. It's going to hit the platform uh, in 2022. Okay. Uh, we got our first trailer for Baymax. I'm geeked about this. Uh, this is the upcoming original series. will feature characters from the film uh, that is coming on summer 2022. I'm, I gotta admit, I like I like Big Hero Six. It's a kids movie, but it's really good. I love Big Hero Six. I love that movie. I, I was surprised they didn't do this sooner. Yeah. With Baymax. Yeah. I, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, they like you want to bring him back to the small screen. I'm good with this. I yeah. am. I am on board. I'm completely on board. Uh, We also got our first look at Tiana, which is going to be a series following the newly crowned princess of Maldonia as she navigates her new life in New Orleans past. Uh, This series is set to release in 2023. This, of course, is Tiana from uh, Princess and the Frog. Okay. Yeah, so you got that going on. Uh, Then uh, from the folks over at 20th Century Studios, formerly known as 20th Century Fox, uh, we got our first look at, uh, I don't even know if you call this a poster. It's promotional art promo art concept art i don't know what the hell you call it uh but a predator prequel film called prey uh this is dropping on hulu in 2022 it is directed by dan trachtenberg who did 10 cloverfield lane uh and the the project stars amber mid thunder and takes place 300 years ago in the comanche nation uh so this looks super awesome so it's you know kind of ancient history you know 1700s america you know native americans well, fighting predators, yo, it's gonna be nuts. Yeah, this looks awesome. I the more predator we can get, the better. Uh-huh. I, I'm a big fan of that franchise, except for the last movie. Last movie sure. was kind of disappointing. Sure. Uh, and then uh, we they gave us a first look at the film Rosaline, uh, which is I guess based off of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, you know, it's hmm. a tw- it's a twist on Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, told from the perspective of Juliet's cousin Rosaline, who just happens to be Romeo's ex girlfriend. Drama. Oh boy. Yeah. So that should be something fun to check out. Uh, and then also it was announced from uh, director Lee Van Keet, uh, The Princess, which is starring Joey King, uh, which is dropping on Hulu in 2022. It is described as uh, a relevant action movie set in a fairy tale world. Uh, it is going to follow a battle ready princess who is breaking stereotypical expectations to protect her kingdom. Uh, we got a look at uh, the uh, suspense thriller film called No Exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll find uh, Disney Plus's more mature content. So it'll be on Hulu in 2022. It'll star Huvana Rose Liu and be directed by Damien Power. Not much else said about that. Uh, we also got some just some other highlights from the day. Uh, new poster for Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which is the, based off of the popular yeah, the book, book series. Book right? series. Yep, that's coming to Disney Plus in December 3rd. We also learned, though, that another animated adventure coming to the platform titled Roderick Rules. Uh, exciting for me because I grew up watching this show when it was on Disney Channel back in the day. Uh, the Proud Family is back. This was a great. Okay. This is a great show back in the day. The series is on Disney Plus. You should absolutely check it out. Absolutely hilarious. But you got the Proud Family louder and prouder. It'll start streaming in February 2022. So that's super exciting. Um, you got the cat, original voice actors coming back, plus some fun antics and some fun guest stars. That's going to be super awesome. 
Uh, you got the Spiderwick Chronicles is coming to Disney Plus. This is based off of the book series of the same name. Uh, so not really sure when that's coming out, but they did announce that. Okay. Uh, we got more, a little bit more information on the upcoming retelling of Pinocchio from Robert Zemeckis. This is, of course, starring Tom Hanks, among a whole bunch of other people. Uh, this is going to start streaming exclusively on Disney Plus uh, next fall in 2022. Uh, season three of High School Musical, the series, is confirmed to be coming next year. Uh, and it, they teased some feature songs from Frozen, so parents get ready for that, oh, for that one again. Yay. And then also the long-awaited sequel to Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey's film Disenchanted. Uh, this is, of course, the sequel to Enchanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, is announced and will release on fall 2022 uh, to Disney+. Plus. Also, uh, Enchanted was available, made available on Disney Plus for the first time, uh, which is super exciting. It's a good movie. Interesting. It's a good movie. Uh, just some last ones to mention. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is getting a reboot. This sequel. is blowing my mind. Yeah, so John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are going to voice Chippendale, respectively. Wild. Coming out Disney Plus in spring 2022. The fact that we're going back to Rescue Rangers. Why the hell not? I mean, let's get weird, folks. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Uh, the voice actors, I'm I'm all right with too. I, Sandberg's I, great. I'm just wondering how this is all gonna play out. Like in the fact that we they're going to be doing half live action, half CGI. If I'm reading this correctly, yeah, that's what it looks like. Ugh, like yep. I, don't, I don't know what that's gonna be like. I, I I was surprised to hear they're bringing them back, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, hearing that combo, I I don't know how that's gonna play out. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, we did get a first look at uh, a new still from the Hocus Pocus 2, which I'm super excited for. That's coming sometime next year. I would bank on Halloween weekend because if I looked at the calendar, Halloween falls on like a Monday or Tuesday. Uh, So I would imagine that it'll drop on the Friday right before. It'd be smart. Yeah, Uh, we got our first clip uh, from Peter Jackson's The Beatles Get Back. This is the upcoming documentary that I got to admit, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan. But when it comes to the behind-the-scenes stuff of bands, I'm all for. Uh, this looks super interesting and super awesome. Just got to say. Uh, and that was pretty much all the major announcements. It was a really awesome day. Yeah, it definitely was. Like, they they packed a lot. I mean, obviously, talking a little bit about Hawkeye, which is coming out yeah. next week, too. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. the only thing that I think really jumped out because they really made sure the day was packed. Yeah. Very much so. I just, hey, whoever runs their social medias, if you're going to tag the folks you brought in for Disney Plus Day, untag them because... My God, Patrick Dempsey was tagged in the yeah, first. Yeah, his stuff was all over the place. His his Twitter account was tagged in the first tweet, and they did a tweet thread for the entire days of announcements. So Patrick Dempsey, and they didn't untag him, because that's the thing Twitter introduced, is like if you tag somebody in subsequent replies, you can untag people so they don't keep getting notifications. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. So for Patrick Dempsey, Dwayne Johnson, and everybody else who was tagged in like the first few tweets, they were getting tagged in that for the rest of the damn day. That's crazy. Yikes. That's insane. But, Pat, I guess what would you say? Who would you give the gold, silver, and bronze to here? I would give the gold to Marvel just because it was a lot of stuff we did know, uh, some stuff we didn't know, and that was super exciting. I would give the silver to, it, since they're essentially the same company, Pixar, uh, Walt Disney Animation, mm-hmm. you know, because some of the stuff they announced was really cool, and I'll give the bronze to uh, Lucasfilm. You know, I would have Lucasfilm, you know, listen, let's not forget, like a year or so ago, we had that entire giant board of stuff they announced cassie and andor's filmed you know all this other stuff that was supposed to be working on and you know uh what is it the uh bad batch season two is supposed to be coming you know any other animated shows they might be working on and all they announced was boba fett behind the helmet and then obi-wan kenobi like we know that the ahsoka tano series is coming mandalorian season three book of boba fett like there's all this stuff they're working on that we know they're working on 
and they didn't give us anything. Whereas you know, even with like the Marvel stuff, there's stuff that wasn't ready, but they still said, Hey, this is coming. Hey, let's give you some stuff for this. Like I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. I could understand that point too. I mean, I, I think I agree with you too about that. Pixar, I thought came up with a really strong lineup for the second place, but yeah. nobody came near Marvel No, and Marvel packed enough without giving away enough. Like, the still the teaser trailers we got for the three next big Disney Plus shows, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk, I thought did a good job. They got the fans talking. Oh, yeah. And they definitely gave enough that I feel good about the shows because I the Moon Knight one, I wasn't sure. Sure. I really wasn't sure how that was going to look. Sure. I got a Batman vibe off of it, but he's completely off his rocker. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's the whole thing. Like, Moon Knight is his own character. I mean, cosmetically, he does look a lot like Moon Knight. Well, I didn't even mean got, Batman. I but. didn't even mean cosmetically. I just meant from like the way in presentation, just the way he acted. Yeah, but they're definitely going to take it in a lot of different directions, which I hope they do because at his core, Moon Knight is a very, very fascinating character. But to see Miss Marvel, I thought looked great. I, I was really excited about to see this uh, the quick teaser trailer we got for her. As she Hulk, I thought looked good too. I mean, I'm not sure, like I said, what direction they're going to go in the show. But I'm really, really excited to see what we got from them. I'm going to stake a little bit of a leap here. Maybe it's a lock, depending on how you look at it. And I'm going to try and stay spoiler-free uh, because it pertains to the last segment. But if a certain a certain thing happens in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, certain thing will happen also in She-Hulk. I'd be okay with that because I think I know who you're talking about. Uh-huh. And if that person does show up, I'm all right with that. Yep. Because I think it could happen. I think you could see you could see a lot going too. Because I know that would make actually a lot more sense to one of the Eternals uh, bonus scenes. Mm. Just gonna put that out there. But I think overall Disney Plus did the right thing. I mean, for being a two year company, God, it still doesn't seem like it's yeah. been two years. It, it really doesn't. And now it doesn't feel like six months, but it does not feel like we've hit two years yet. Yeah, they really gave a lot for the fans to be excited about. They made an event of the day, a la Netflix to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because like they got to come up with a better name for that. You don't like that Netflix? It's it's just a lot to say. Ah. I, I thought it was good, though. But, you know, I could understand. But uh, what was going to say? DPD? Or Disney Plus Day? Uh, you could do something like that. That's on the hashtag, yeah. Yeah, we could do hashtags. Plus symbols don't work on hashtags. This is true. They don't. It's curses. No, but but in closing, though, I really thought they came with a strong lineup. The Marvel stuff, I think, is probably the stuff everybody's going to be really looking forward to. Especially based off the hype of the Spider-Man tr- movie coming out. The Disney Plus shows thus far have been knocking it out of the park. The other MCU products have been very good, except Eternals, but we can debate about that. Sure. But, you know, like I said, to each their own for that. But Disney Plus definitely did their thing, and they definitely got fans talking, and especially going into a very, very busy weekend, they needed a little buzz to carry through. So, you know what? I can't be mad about that. They gave a lot of content. We've talked about it, but now we want to hear your take. So hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. What is your thoughts from Disney Plus Day? What projects stand out to you that you're most excited about? Which ones did we not talk about? Because, I mean, there was a lot. We, I'm sure we missed a couple things here and there. Which ones do you want to talk about? We can definitely have that conversation. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes, Will, I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you, did you just make a Will, I am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. I'll allow it. Anyway... We're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about. We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? 
All right, what, what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? But, oh, hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, and it's Fear the Walking Dead time. Oh, boy. Pad, I'm going to say this before I jump into spoilers. Okay. You know how much I really love this show. Yes. I've now become fully a big Fear fan. I think what they do in the Walking Dead universe is the stuff that the main show is too scared to do, which is kill off main characters, take some chances, and really invite fans back into this really crazy post-apocalyptic zombie-infested world. Sure. I think they found a way to say, Ken, thank you for watching this show. Because what is one fandom that they would say, we're going to add to this show, we have never done this before, and Ken, this is our way of saying thank you. Okay. Pro wrestling. Oh, Christ. So let us talk about the latest episode entitled Till Death, episode five of season seven of The Walking, or Fear of the Walking Dead. So you know the drill by now. After the countdown, I go into spoilers. So let's not waste any more time, shall we? In three, two, one. Pad, what did I think? I was in love with this episode. Because we talk about them doing anthologies, you know, yes. and really giving each character time to shine. And this time was Dwight and Sherry. Now, you do know Dwight from the main show, played by Austin Emilio. Okay. Now, Pad, you do know who he is. He is formerly Negan's right-hand oh, man. Oh, yeah, he that's right. in the face that's by right. the iron. I, and, I'll admit, I once I see the character, I know who he is. I often forget the name. Yes, and his wife, Christine, played by Christina Evangelista. Uh, they have been reunited on the show. It was, it was kind of like one of the bright moments because we know in, in the Walking Dead universe, there's nothing bright. It's it's pretty miserable. Everything really sucks. Mm -hmm. But they found their way back to each other after all that time. So now they are together again and obviously dealing with the fallout of the nuclear warhead going off. They're separated from Morgan's group, and they're doing their own thing. And now they become like this urban legend of defenders known mm -hmm. as the Dark Horses. And basically they've been going out and protecting people in this post-apocalyptic world. And they're also, you know, trying to find themselves, too, because let's face it, in this world, things are kind of crazy. And where they are, you know, placed right now, they're still with the family they wound up saving. Sure. In the underground bunker, because when your favorite guy in The Walking Dead. John Glover. His doomsday cult decided to try taking him over. Dwight and Sherry freed them. So they did go to the house, and they've been kind of hunkering down there as their headquarters, as they've been going out helping people. But unfortunately, they do run into the big bad of the season, and that is one and only Victor Strand and his forces. Mm. Because they roll up on Dwight and Sherry and basically tell them, "You well, we'll offer you asylum if you help us. And Dwight basically goes, where's Morgan? Yeah. He's not here. Then we're not doing anything with you. Take off. Oh, boy. 
because, well, let's face it, nobody wants to work with Strand. And and I can understand why. But then again, shout out to Coleman Domingo because he plays him so well. He's such a slimy jerk. It's amazing. Um, nevertheless, Strands does give his offer to Dwight and Sherry, and he says, I need you to find someone and bring them back to me. And Strand is basically trying to sell it uh, after he's taken Dwight and Sherry from the house to his headquarters. Mm-hmm. So he's showing them, like, you know, this is kind of the good life now. Yeah. Like, you know, first you want to see what I'm Walking doing. Tour. I'm going to bring you here, and I'm going to show you how this place looks. And they're basically having flashbacks to the sanctuary. Mm. And rightfully so. Let's see. A bunch of people living in a big building. You have a crazy guy that's leading the charge, except Strand doesn't have a bat. Oh, boy. That's the vibe that they're saying. And that's, once again, Dwight and Sherry are like, I'm not here for this. This is not going down. But they do wind up to get out of there helping out. Sure. Because they're more worried about the family that they left behind. And unfortunately, something has happened that has played a big curveball. Okay. Because while they were gone, the family was killed. Hey, that's not good. No. And it's basically, to figure out what has happened, Dwight reluctantly takes the deal. Okay. So he's not exactly happy about this, but when they obviously are like, we're not going to help you find this person, Strand is pulling a Strand move, Mm. which I wasn't surprised at, but I was like, oh, well, that's one way to do this because Dwight, who has now had this whole, you know, uh, redemption storyline going on since his days with Negan is really tried making a point of let's go find this. And obviously Sherry has helped him do this. So as they're now on the road looking for this character known as Mickey. Now Mickey is known for escaping Strand's tower. So this is something kind of a little crazy that's been going on because Strand is trying to figure out how did she escape. There's a little backstory going on there, so Strand obviously is not telling everything going on. But as they're going to look for Mickey, they do encounter somebody else that basically tries pulling up on Dwight and Sherry and taking them out. Sure. And one thing that he does have in his bag is pictures Mm. of victims. Now, there is a wall that's in Strand's tower that has pictures of people that did not survive. Mm -hmm. Dwight puts one and one together. Mm. And he says, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And the guy fesses up that strand offered him asylum. If he killed the family, thus making Dwight and Sherry go absolutely bananas as they should. Dwight winds up taking out this person and leaving him for dead. Mm -hmm. They do wind up tracking down Mickey though. And they're putting it together that she is out there looking for her husband. But what do we find out that Sherry's backstory or Mickey's backstory is? Hmm. Her and her husband were pro wrestlers. Oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck yeah. I was excited about this. And when she goes back looking for him, like Dwight is marking it out too, by the way, too. He had a, a me moment. Like I heard him and he's like, oh, my God, I remember you in Atlanta wrestling. Blah, blah, blah. And he just has this moment. She's like, yeah, okay. Because she's wound up surviving in her own like homemade suit, too. 
to fight off the zombies. Mm. It's a really cool thing. Who, by the way, Mickey is played by Aisha Tyler. Oh, okay. So I was super excited to see her back in the, in the Walking Dead universe because I know she's a very big fan of it. And you're seeing that, you know, she's explaining, like, she's like, I'm not going back to Strand. I don't care what you guys make me do. This is not happening. I'm on my mission to go find my husband. So as they're traveling, though, they do wind up going to their gym. And as they're going inside, they do find, unfortunately, her husband has been killed and is mm. now zombified. Yeah. So Sherry is trying to help Mickey survive this because, obviously, she's seen her dead husband. She has to wind up taking him out. They have to get into the wrestling ring, and the herd of zombies that is coming right after them is just making the ring collapse, a la Big Show and Brock Lesnar uh, superplex from the top yeah, rope, yeah, yeah. just to put it in perspective. There's a crazy, and this is when things get out of control, because the group has to fight their way out. Now, Dwight got separated from him for a little bit. Now he's back in there, and he's like talking to him in a sense, and they literally have to fight everybody out, and Pad... What, how do you think they're fighting them? The wrestling moves. Hell yeah. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what Mickey's doing because Mickey is definitely throwing everybody around, which is awesome. And, yeah, this is this just played into my my fandom. I was marking out about this. I'm like, all you need to do is put some really crazy song to it, and this is like perfect like Kingsman style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over-the-top yeah. violence. I don't care. Like I'm like, you know what? For all the craziness that I'm seeing through watching the zombie show, to the fact that I'm seeing wrestling in this, I'm like, I'm marking out. I'm like, they must have watched AEW Full Gear. I don't blame them. Get get hyped up about it. After they wind up surviving this, and like I said, they had to fight their way into the gym. They've been killing zombies left and right. They do wind up sneaking away. And it appears that Mickey is now going to join the Dark Horses. So now it's the three of them riding off. Hmm. As they're riding away, they come across a, a radio frequency, I believe, of somebody in trouble. Mm-hmm. And they go to help because that's what they're doing now. They're trying to be, you know, real-life superheroes. Like I tell you, this show is just playing into my fandom. It's not even funny. Unfortunately, though, they're in, they're taken, they're surrounded by that group that I believe online they're calling the Stalkers. Sure. I have not found their official name yet, but that is what I've read online. So I'm going to roll with it. And what they're saying is, we know who you are. We know what you do. Mm-hmm. And Dwight's like, I'll take on all of you. We're not afraid of you. And he's like, no, no, no. The the head guy is like, no. We don't need you to take us on. We need you to help us find Padre. Mm. Now, Padre is this mysterious figure that is connecting everybody that's not Strand and like giving them like this kind of weird sense of hope, like there's a there's a sanctuary somewhere, mm-hmm. not the Negan sanctuary, obviously, but something. And that's how the show ends. Oh, jeez. So overall, I love this episode. Not only do you play into my wrestling fandom, but the story of Dwight and Sherry is really interesting. The fact that. They more or less were trying to get recruited by Strand, which I, I got to say, if I got to complain about one thing, and hear me out about this, Pat, because I want your opinion. About this. Sure. The beginning of this series, or show, or season, rather, Strand obviously took over the tower. He threw the guy off the building. He was yes. saying he was going to kill everybody. He's now had Morgan show up at his doorstep three times, if I'm doing my math right. Okay. He's recruiting everybody that was in his group that I thought he was saying he's going to pull pull in to kill away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, do you think it's odd that he's still doing all this recruiting if he if that's the end game? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, it depends on how big a force he's got to go up against and all the other tactical stuff you might imagine comes with uh, this territory. Yeah, like, that's the only thing that throws me off a little bit is, like, how they're writing Strand. Like, he's he's bringing in the former group, which he was threatening to kill. And, he's got, and it's not like he doesn't have an army to do it. He's got a Negan-sized army to do this. That's the easiest comparison. I just don't get like how he's like doing all these recruiting things to like trying to win them over because they all hate his guts and rightfully so. I mean, he's, he's a scumbag. But either way, this episode really showed a good spotlight on Dwight and Sherry and what they're doing. And I do like the aspect that they're trying to be, you know, the heroes in this crazy world. It's a new look for Dwight, who obviously has gone through this big redemption arc since he was Negan's right-hand man. This is something that's very interesting to see how this all plays out, and especially now with his wife, who kind of goes back and forth a little bit if they want to settle down and, and try finding peace or she's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Which I think is a good – it's it, it's a valid argument because, let's face it, you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse with a nuclear warhead. Things are not good. Yeah, no. So if you're trying to find a glimmer of hope, sure. And now if they've added Mickey to the fray – I'm all right with this threesome. Like, this is going to be a legit group that I think could give Strand some problems. And especially if they get Morgan on the team, it's going to be lights out. And I'm excited to see how this plays out. This episode is definitely worth giving a watch, especially if you're a wrestling fan, because you'll mark out just for the little nuances that they do in homage to the greatness that is pro wrestling. Either way, definitely make sure you're making a point to check the series out. I can't speak enough good things about Fear the Walking Dead. This is one of the better episodes I've seen. If you just want a little bit of campiness can i say sure because let's face it you're seeing wrestling moves get put on zombies i know it sounds far-fetched i know it sounds crazy but it works and it definitely did for this episode entitled till death episode five of fear the walking dead so you know the deal let's talk about it hit us up on that hashtag hashtag odph pod why are you not watching fear the walking dead and if you have let's talk about the show shall we we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back This is Tom from Tom Joe Lou. This is Matt from Sideroom Sounds. And you're listening to ODPH Podcast. Wanna go where no one knows my name To the desert, the oceans, or the plains Cause I wanna go Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got for those one shots? Got a couple things to talk about. The first one is near and dear to my heart. Uh, just yesterday as we record uh, was marked the 20th anniversary of the very first harry potter film releasing in theaters really yes uh small fun fact in another month it'll be the 20th anniversary of fellowship of the ring releasing in theaters that's for another episode uh but for this one no 20 years ago yesterday so on uh, the 16th of november uh the very first harry potter film harry potter and the sorcerer's stone or if you're overseas in the harry potter and the philosopher's stone mm-hmm. uh released in theaters and set off a global brand the multi-billion dollar you know, franchise that near and dear to my heart that, you know, I owe a lot to that I wouldn't have gotten into reading such as I do, you know, wouldn't be into some of the movies I'm in without that. And and just really, you know, it was a good 10 years of my life that were some of the best years of my life, you know, from going to see, you know, the film first few films with my parents and them getting excited to see what was going to happen in the next one and eagerly anticipating seeing or not seeing 
some of the scenes in sequel movies to seeing a couple on vacation, you know, to seeing one a couple a couple when I was in college. You know, you know, I remember going to school up here north in a school in uh, New York here and having to drive about a half hour south of where I was going to school because the, the local mom and pop theater at our, in town didn't show any of the new movies. They showed old, older stuff, you know, like out of ma- uh, major theaters. So I had to drive a half hour south to see uh, the first Deathly Hollows film to even going to see the last one, Deathly Hollows Part 2 with my sister and uh, my mom. I went to see it with my sister the night it came out. And then a couple days later, you know, my mom said, Hey, you know, I'd like to go see the last Harry Potter film. And we're like, wait, really? And she was like, yeah, well, I figure at this point I've seen all the other ones. I might've seen, well, see how it ends. Right. You know, so that, a lot of memories and fun with that. You know, I never get tired. It's one of those movies that I'm sure a lot of people have. where like, it's on TV. I don't care. I will sit there and watch it, you know, no matter how many times I've seen it. Uh, so with that in mind, it was announced yesterday by the folks over at HBO Sorry, Max. Could you say that again? Shut up, Siri. Uh, <laughs> it was announced by the folks over at HBO Max that uh, premiering on January 1st, 2022, uh, the Harry Potter 20th anniversary return to Hogwarts. Uh, so it's going to be a, a, basically a reunion of the main cast, that being Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry, Emma Watson, who played Hermione, and then Rupert Grint, who played uh, Ron. Uh, you know, in-depth interviews with the cast and conversations. Uh, so it's going to be on there. The special is going to also air on TBS and Cartoon Network in the spring. Uh, and this is going to be ahead of the theatrical debut debut of the next Fantastic Beast film. Other folks set to join uh, the reunion are some of the other cast members from the various films, uh, including Helena Bonham Carter, who uh, played Bellatrix Lestrange, Robbie Coltrane, who played Hagrid, Ray Fiennes, who vo- uh, played uh, the main villain Voldemort, Jason Isaacs, who played uh, um, Mr. Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy, Gary Oldman, who played Sirius, Imelda Staunton, who played the true villain of the entire franchise, uh, uh, Professor Umbridge, mm. uh, Tom Felton, who played Draco. You've got James Phelps and Oliver Phelps, the twins who played the twins, Fred and George Weasley in the film. Uh, Mark William Williams, who played, uh, what is it? Uh, Mr. Weasley, Arthur Weasley, the father. You've also got Bonnie Wright, who was the daughter, uh, Ginny Weasley, Alfred Enoch, who played, uh, what is it? He lost it there. There it is. He played Dean Thomas in the films. Uh, you also have Matthew Lewis, who was uh, Neville Longbottom in the films and had probably the best glow-up in film history. Look that up. Yeah, facts. Uh, Ivana Lynch, who was perfectly cast as uh, Luna Lovegood, and then also Ian Hart, who interesting was interestingly only in one film because he played Professor Quirrell in the first film. Uh, also joining them will be... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the f- director of the first two films, Chris Columbus, is also announced to join. In a, but there will be supposedly more to join the cast. I'm super excited for this. I know this is right up your alley, obviously being a big Harry Potter guy. I can't believe it's been 20 years. 20 though. years. I, I sent the video. You can check out the video they put on YouTube about it. Uh, I sent the video to my girlfriend, Liz, because she loves the movies as much as I do. And she goes, well, I know what we're doing on January 1st. I said, you're goddamn right we are. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to be locked and loaded for that. Yes, no I question am. about that. Uh, also, got to mention, uh, the nominees for the Video Game Awards were announced just the other day. I'm not going to go through the entire list, just some of the notable categories. Uh, for Game of the Year, uh, your nominees are Deathloop from Bethesda, It Takes Two from uh, Hazel Light Studios and EA, uh, Metroid Dread from Mercury Stream and Nintendo, Psychonauts, Psychonauts 2 from Double Fine and Xbox Games Studio, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Insomniac from Insomniac Games and Sony Interactive, and then Resident Evil Village from Capcom. 
in terms of uh, best game direction, it's a lot of the same folks. Uh, Deathloop, It Takes Two, uh, Psychonauts 2, and then Ratchet and Clank, but also you've got uh, Returnal. Uh, in terms of best ongoing game, uh, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Uh, my pick for that one is probably going to be Final Fantasy XIV because Pandemic gave that thing a Phoenix-like rise from the ashes. Yeah, everybody was amped up about that. That was ridiculous when that dropped. Not saying it was dead in the water, but like it saw a resurgence the likes it had never seen, so that's absolutely nutty. Uh, you in terms of best narrative, Deathloop nominated again, along with It Takes Two, Life is Strange, Two Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, from the folks at Eidos, Montreal, and Square Enix, and also Psychonauts 2. Uh, in terms of best performances, notable, uh, you got Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange, True Colors, Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6, Jason E. Kelly as Colt Vaughn from Deathloop, uh, Maggie Robertson as Lady Demescrew from uh, Resident Evil Village, and then Ozimo uh, Akaga as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. Uh, and then in terms of best community support, this one's notable. You got Apex Legend, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Online, Fortnite, and then No Man's Sky. Hmm. I would say normally Final Fantasy 14 just because they've been doing great with by their community, but I think you got to give it to No Man's Sky. You go back and you look at, you know, the announcement of that game and how amped up people were for it. Myself included. I was very excited for it. You give me a space travel game with the infinite possibilities and no end. Mm-hmm. Like, you can never, exp- you will never explore all the planets in that game. It's just a fact. Right. To how it came out and the poor reception and just how they stuck with it. They could have very easily turned the page, moved on, and left it for what it is and gone on to the next project. But no, the folks at Hello Games stuck with it. And even, in fact, in the last year, turned the review on Steam from mostly negative to mostly positive. Interesting. So they definitely turned it around, which is awesome to see. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably that category is gonna be No Man's Sky. But those are just some of the nominees. You can go to uh, thegameawards.com to see the full list of uh, announcements or, or categories and uh, who's up for what. You know, because there's a bunch. There's even stuff for esport, best esport team, best esport coach, esport event. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. The content creator of the year. You know, there's one for most anticipated game. You know, so that one's always cool to see. And you can even vote because this isn't done by like industry heads or journalists. It's like, no, you the fan vote on this. So it's super cool to see. And it should be a lot of fun to check out when it airs in uh, December. Yeah, definitely. We might, have, we might have to do like a live blog for that yeah. or something. Uh, also got a note coming out this Friday, getting rave reviews and crime. And he's just, I'm amped up for this. Uh, the Wheel of Time. Uh, not sure. I think it might be just not sure if it's just the first episode or like the first few episodes. I'm trying to dig that up now. Uh, you know, coming out this Friday, November 19th, or, yeah, no, yeah, first three episodes are dropping. That's what Amazon usually does, is the first three. Yeah, so you've got the first three episodes dropping on Amazon Prime, so I am super amped up to check this out. Of course, this is the panel I went to with uh, our buddy Dre Driven down at New York Comic Con. I went to into absolutely and utterly blind, never even heard of that thing. Came out going, yeah, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, so our friends over at So Wizard did a spoiler-free preview mm-hmm. of this, because they did get uh, to see the episode. Um... Listen, this is going to be something that if you're fiending for something that is Game of Thrones, but uh, going to be a different take than that whole fantasy realm, this is going to be up your alley. Yeah. The book series, I've heard nothing but good things about. So 
This is going to be something to definitely check out. I, I, I can imagine we'll be recapping this next week yeah. on the show. Uh, and then lastly, we got some announcements for the Netflix adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, and these are three cast castings that are very integral to the show, and it's especially the first season. Uh, you cast as General Iroh. You have the gentleman uh, Paul Sun Hyung Lee, who you might know from Kim's Convenience, uh, is going to play Uncle Iroh. Uh, he is also he's best known for playing Appa in the Canadian sitcom Kim's Convenience. He was also a guest star in uh, The Mandalorian. He was one of the rebel pilots you saw in a couple episodes. Okay, uh, so he's going to be playing Uncle Iroh, who, if you don't know, he's the father figure guardian to Prince Zuko. Very integral for the story. Very beloved by the entire franchise. In fact, on the Avatar: The Last Airbender subreddit, just won the best character contest that somebody ran over there oh that's very cool so definitely a very much beloved character uh joining him is a gentleman named lim k su who you might know from anna and the king he's going to play ang's mentor uh monk yatso uh and then also uh ken lung who was in uh, star wars the force awakens he's going to be playing commander zhao yeah he is a uh, fire nation general who's a real thorn in the side uh for the first season uh was voiced by jason isaacs actually in Hmm. in the uh animated series so yeah got some uh cast members there uh so they're joining the cast and also it was announced that the uh production is uh, now uh underway i think you're very um, amped up for this aren't you yes i am I, i'm excited because listen after it, the remit or the live adaptation was egregiously done by uh oh uh, god i don't even want to say his name okay i don't even want to say his name the the live action adaptation was egregiously done by m night Shyamalan. you know which, let's face it, it tried to cram into, like, two hours or maybe a little over, f- like, 20-some-odd episodes. No. Uh, I have a lot of faith in this. I think this will be very good. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, you know, and they're doing really good by the casting. You know, it, the casting looks really good. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see this. Absolutely. I'm not going to let you off the hook just yet for one-shots because something returned this week. Okay. We did watch a little bit of it, but I want your your initial take. Yes. G4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's been fun to see. G4, I grew up watching very heavily, you know, back in the early mid 2000s because let's face it, that was before Twitch. YouTube wasn't quite what it is today. You know, Twitter wasn't even really a thing yet. So if I wanted to find out any San Diego Comic Con information, E3 information, I went to G4. You know, for game reviews, you know, I went to G4 just for any, like, I first heard about The Walking Dead through Attack of the Show on G4. You know, if, if we're not for G4, we wouldn't have have the likes of Olivia Munn, mm-hmm. you know, who got her start on G4, you know, so that's that's super awesome to see. You know, it's it's been great just to watch that whole comeback. Of course, we've got King Woods, Xavier Woods, yes. Austin Creed on the show. You know, they got a great cast of people. They're having a lot of fun. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go after they were egregiously taken off the air for Esquire TV. Yeah. Which ain't even around no more. Just saying. Facts. Made a mistake. More information on that, g4tv.com. Yeah, great great folks over there. Uh, also came back, I keep neglecting to mention, but you should absolutely check it out. Uh, it's, I'm dropping weekly on HBO Max is season two of Genlock. Ooh. Jeff, first season is on, it, it was uh, the show created by the folks over at Rooster Teeth, who are, I am a big fan of, just did a great uh, live stream uh, this past weekend for Extra Life. They did a 12-hour stream and still raised... It was like north of $750,000. Oh, right on. For the uh, Dell Children's Hospital down in Austin, Texas. You know, so they do a lot of great stuff, uh, you know, but season one was on Rooster Teeth. 
Now uh, it was pick, uh, picked up for season two. It moved over to HBO Max. First season is on HBO Max as well, and they're dropping new episodes weekly for season two. Love what I'm seeing so far. Great show that you should absolutely be checking out. And we're going to talk about Extra Life for Kids. Definitely want to shout out the whole squad over at Game Vault Pod. Yeah. They raised some money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. They crushed their goal like within hours of them getting on stream. So definitely want to shout out Dan, Jen, and everybody over there doing fantastic work. And if you're not following them on Twitch, I don't know what to tell you. Like, seriously, they're putting out some of the best content you're going to yeah. check out. So for my one shots, man, I got a lot of them this week. You know, our home away from home is New York Comic Con. Uh-huh. But at the Javits Center this weekend, November 19th through the 21st, is Anime NYC. Hey. So reading right from AnimeNYC.com, Anime NYC is New York City's anime convention, a showcase of the best of Japanese pop culture in the biggest city in America. Anime NYC brings anime fans, publishers together for three days of unique exhibits, exclusive signings, extensive panels, and appearances by some of the biggest creators in Japan. Join us for a celebration of Japanese animation, manga, and cosplay in the heart of NYC. Listen, this is going to be some fun if you are into anime and manga. I can't recommend this enough if you got the chance to check it out. But we also got a nice press release sent over to us from our good friends at Funimation. Hey. And there is going to be a My Hero Academia concert. A concert, you say? A concert, a live concert, November 19th at Anime NYC. So if you are interested in checking out the music of My Hero Academia, this is going to be something definitely worth your time. Uh, Special guests are going to be Yuki Hayashi. Okay. Uh, I apologize if I if I butcher the name. Uh, he's the original music. Uh, he's the composer of the original music. Okay. So you're gonna. It's a 90 minute performance. Uh, so definitely, if you're going to be going to Anime NYC, you definitely want to go check it out. It's gonna be definitely, definitely very cool to go see. And we'll probably get some news about that coming out of there because obviously we have now really become checking out everything at Funimation and Rich has been hammering through. Uh, My Hero Academia, I just started. Mm. So we were sold from the movie, and now we're like completely hooking into it. So, you know, go beyond Plus Ultra all day, baby. So that being said, switching gears. Also, this is such a big week for content. I can't stress this enough. Facts. We got Wheel of Time coming out. Yes. Speaking of NYCC, Ghostbusters Afterlife hits theaters. Oh, yeah. So this is the movie that we uh, were lucky enough to be in panel for at NYCC. And it is definitely a highly recommended film if you're a fan of the Ghostbusters franchise with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. It will definitely please you. I can't stress this enough. You should go check this out. And if you're not into Ghostbusters, you don't need to have seen the previous films to appreciate this. You can go in cold. You might not understand some of the impact. Sure. But I will tell you this. If you go in there and you see a lot of people going through a lot of emotions, they play this very well to the heart of the original franchise. So I left this film with Rich. You can see our reactions on TikTok. This was a film that completely captivated us. I know Rich from uh, from 3FN is going with Diesel. I I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it with him open at night, but I'm definitely planning on going back to the theaters to go see it. Let me stress that. I have already seen this movie. I am paying to go back to see it. That's how good this film is. Mm. So definitely, if you're looking for something to hit the movie theaters this weekend, that is my pick for it. If you're looking for something to stream, obviously we talk Wheel of Time, but Cowboy Bebop is hitting Netflix. Hey, You know how much this means to me, talking anime, and they got to hit the mark for this one. 
I can't stress it enough. So that'll be dropping on Friday, November 19th. Is going to be a big, big face-off day for streaming. A lot of content, so you can't stress this enough. Make your plans now. Budget your time. We're going to be recapping as much as we can going into the holiday week next week. Mm. So also talking about some shows hidden. Okay. The Flash returned. Yes. So this is the big uh, kickoff for the Armageddon crossover. Yep. So we're going to kind of deep dive into it next week a little bit uh, more. So uh, getting a little more information on the crossover because they did show enough. Yeah. But I'm still not sold on what they're doing here. It was, it was a good start. You know, it was it, without going into too having to spoil your territory because, hey, it's, you know, 24 hours old. Yeah. Uh, it was a good episode. It was a good start. I'm interested to see where they go. Uh, but that being said, there are some aspects of that story that I just don't care for. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on it. Like, I'm not completely in love with the crossover appeal to it. But oh, as, I don't mind that. Well, the thing about it is, like, it's going next week to The Flash again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when are you going to start branching off and crossing over? Well, I don't think crossover is the proper term. I think it's just like a mini in... in if it's a mini sh- event, they should just call yeah, it a mini event it's a mini event, crossover. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, but for how they set it up, I, I wasn't blown away by it. I'm going to say that right now. I'm hoping next week we'll have a better feel for it. So we'll probably talk about it a little bit more then. Next week's show is going to be so stacked. It's not even going to be funny. And let me close off with some comic picks because you want to talk about like a stacked weekend, Pat? Yeah. I'm not just going to give you one pick per publisher. Okay. Because there is so much coming out at the, at the shops this week. Definitely get down and support your local LCS, especially going through the holiday season. I can't stress that enough. Make sure you're going supporting them. Support your online comic dealers, too, because we definitely got to shout out our guy, Brian Wayne. Cheers to comics, who's rolling out his public, his comic deals. Yeah. Which I tell you, if you use ODPH, you get 10% off. Just type it in. That's the code. Boom. But that being said, coming out of DC, Batman 117, and I believe this is James Tynan's last Batman book. Aw. So I think before he goes and, and takes off to do his uh, future projects, that's going to be uh, the book to pick up from DC this week. For Marvel, Dark Ages number three, I just got two words for you. Tom Taylor. Enough said. Enough said. I don't think I need to say anything more. If you haven't been picking up this book, this book is on fire right now. You definitely want to get into it. And like we say, it's Tom Taylor. That's all you need. Just He's writing a book at Marvel. Just go get it. Thank me later. Looking at Comixology, we have the next issue from Scott Snyder and Francis Manipal's Clear. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth picking up. I love the first issue. I can't wait to go check this second one out. It's a very trippy premise. I love the art in this book, though, and it's really selling me on this. So if you have not signed up for Comixology Unlimited, go do it. And Because this is the only way you can read these books for now. They will be hitting print later. So I want to stress that if you want to get the early jump on it or if you can wait, I think it's six months. I, I like I can't wait that long for that. Like this book has been on fire since it came out and everything they're doing at this new line that Scott Snyder is putting out has not missed the mark yet. They've been on point with each issue. Lastly, but certainly not least, Exo Man of War from Valiant Entertainment hits the shelves too. You know I've been loving what they've been doing with, with my favorite uh, franchise guy at Valiant. And the crazy twist they've been doing with his suit and what has been going on and the big reveal from last issue still plays uh, out a big role in this issue as well. They kind of do a little backstory because next issue will be the end of the story. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have a big payoff. And if you've been reading what Dennis Hopeless and Emilio Lazo has been doing in this book, it's been 
on fire. It's a very, very good read. Jim Toe is also helping out with the artwork for this issue as well. And you get a nice little prequel till all next issue, which I'm telling you is going to be all over the place with the action. And got to give a shout out to Boom Studios. Power Rangers 13 is hitting the shelf. Now, why is this important, Pat? If I say the Altarian War, does that mean anything to you? Nope. Because you're not in the Power Rangers. I'm going to tell you right now. I was not really into Power Rangers, the comic series, until recently. Sure. I got really kind of hooked into it. And obviously, being fortunate enough to do press for Boom, I get to read some issues ahead of time. I'm really sold on the story that Ryan Peratt's doing because he's made this big event. And we're throwing around the Altarian War. If you're into the Power Rangers mythos, Ryan writes this amazing saga. And he's balancing two books. They're blending into each other. If you just know him from the TV show, there's enough nostalgia there that will hook you. Mm -hmm. If you're going in cold like I did for the most part, I'm hooked on the story they're doing because there's a lot of moving parts with the history of Zordon, the longtime mentor of the Power Rangers and Lord Zed and a third party and how they're all meshing together and how they're balancing everything out. There's big moments in each issue. I can't stress this enough. If you have not read Power Rangers by Boom, Go pick it up. Mighty Morphin is the companion book to it as well. So you got to read both. But I'm telling you right now, it's worth the time if you want to get a very, very good story going on. And it's not just the campy stuff you see on TV. They're really doing some nice things in this book. I can't stress it enough. That is a lot to go pick up at the comic shop this week. But I'm telling you right now, make it worth your time. As you're supporting your LCS, go support your local independent podcasts that are covering comic books. Can't stress that enough. Shout out to Cheers to Comics again and again and again and again. Ah, that being said, Pat, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH, that's Shout Out the Robots. They're fantastic people. They read comics. You can definitely hit up Julian. He'll talk comics with you. But, Pat, if I want to find out about Shout Out the Robots music, where do I go? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. You swing on over to the music section. You check on everything going on with Shout, everything going on with Brian Wolf, everything going on with Floodlands, everything going on with Second Suitor, everything going on with Tom Jolu, Yard Party. The list goes on and on because they're fantastic people. They support us, and we support them because they put out great music. Also, while you're at the website, check out the directory where we have your link to the ODPH on your favorite podcast player. Pat, how many are we up to now? Uh, like 9,000. 9,000. It it's feels like it. 9,000. It feels like it. We're adding links every day to the site. So if we find out, like, you're listening to us on a certain platform and it's not on there, we make it easy for you. We put it right there. So you don't miss an episode. So you can drop that follow, drop that subscribe. It means the absolute world to us. Also, while you're there, you can check out the classifieds, which has friends of the show. Organizational Link Support and Black Lives Matter. All the amazing pod groups we are in via their pod chaser pages. So definitely shout out to the Inner Circle. Shout out to the Apocalypse doing big things, especially on Thursdays. And maybe there's going to be another weekly event going on. I don't know. And, of course, our fam over at 8122 Productions and 607 Podcast, Rich Ron, Mike C, and hashtag Big Natty Cool. Big weekend with them going on as well. Twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast, back-to-back nights of live reaction streaming. I know we're watching the uh, documentary Superheroes on Saturday night, and then Sunday is going to be WWE Survivor Series. Mm. So if you're not following, get following. All that, the T Public Store, and so much more is at odphpodcast.com. <sighs> breathe, Ken, breathe. <laughs> That's all I got for this week. So for the one only, Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken. I'm thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.